we're in week three of the Daniel Dilemma. Who's enjoyed the series so far? Come on, that's good. And if you've missed any of the series, just go to our website and just follow our link through to the SoundCloud and you won't miss anything. It is fantastic. So the, the, the Daniel Dilemma, it's about, it's about how do we stand strong and love well in a, in a culture, in a society um, that continues to uh, lead us some, sometimes in the opposite direction of of our faith and what we believe in. And, and sometimes we have kind of like two responses, two kind of extreme responses um, to this. We can be dogmatic about it. We can say, you know, I don't care what you think. You're going to hell, and I don't care about that because I'm right and you're wrong. And I don't care if I, I don't have any friends. Nobody likes me, but I'm right, and that's okay. You know, you can go to that extreme, but that's not helpful. Well, then you've got this other extreme where, where, um, where we just water down the Bible. Let's water it down. Let's just... Let's soften it up. I don't want to offend anybody. And just, 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 it doesn't matter how you live, just as long as you love God. It doesn't matter who you sleep with, just as long as you love Jesus. That's okay. You know, that's not helpful. That's not good either. You know, you, you can't, we can't water down the Word of God, God's truth, God's Word. We can't do that. And so we've got these kind of, this dilemma. You know, we kind of, when society begins to confront us, when society begins to pressure us and, and, and we, we kind of pull out the side. But I really do believe that we can stand firm and love well all at the same time. Uh, uh, the series comes out of the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is set in, uh, in, the, in the land of Babylon. Um, and, it's, and it's about how Daniel and his friends were able to navigate, able, able to stand firm, love well, and influence society around us. And God's really called us to influence our society and the people groups where we are in our workplaces and our families and those around us. He really, he really has. Um, but when, when, when society confronts us, we do feel the pressure. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but sometimes you may, you may feel the pressure um, when you go out to a restaurant and you're like, you're about to eat, then you're like, you know, I really should say prayer. I should really pray for my food. But I'm kind of like, I'm in the middle of the restaurant. I'm kind of a bit embarrassed. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've been there before. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just kind of slightly bow my head and maybe just like half close my eyelids and just pray really quick. Cool. Lord, bless the food. Amen. And, and okay, it's all good. I can eat. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've been there, felt the pressure of, of saying grace in public. Or maybe you, you don't like going out to lunch with that guy. You know that guy that loves to pray loud in the restaurant. You ever been been to lunch with that guy who, who prays really loudly? Or, or, or even like, come on, what are we why don't we sing grace? Why don't we, why don't we do the Superman grace? And like you're sitting in the middle of KFC and then all of a sudden he stands up and goes, thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. And you're like, oh my gosh, can we just pray? pray? And, you know, and, and you kind of feel embarrassed. You're in the middle, you're trying to eat your meal. Or maybe, you, you, well, my personal favorite that I actually don't like is the hand holder. You know, I, I know, you know if you hand hold in your family, that's all cool, but if you're out of a bunch of guys, you're eating it, come on guys, let's, let's pray, let's hold hands, and let's pray, you know, I'm like, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't love you that much, I ain't holding a hand, you know, come on, let's just pray for the food, and, and, and we do feel the pressure of society on us, and, and, um, we're, and we're like, we kind of feel bad, you're like, I shouldn't be embarrassed. I shouldn't be embarrassed about my faith. I shouldn't be embarrassed to pray in a restaurant. And, and I shouldn't be embarrassed about it. I kind of feel bad. But we do feel the pressure. And, and, and when we think about feeling the pressure, we're kind of on the lower end of that scale because there are countries around the world who are on the, the, other, uh, the other side of that scale with, for the, the pressure that comes upon them. It's like you renounce Jesus or you're going to prison. Renounce Jesus or we're going to put you to death. You know, and, 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 there, and there are countries around, and this is happening today, and they live with this pressure, and we, we kind of move on this side, right on the lower end here in New Zealand. 
But we do feel the pressure. How do we stand? How do we stand and love God when, when society become, begins to, to, to put pressure on us? And, 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 really, and we really have to come to a point where do we really believe this? How do we stand firm and love well at the same time? And so the, if you're looking for a title for this message, it's called Stand Firm. It's a biblical principle. It's a, it's a Bible, when you read the Bible, it says stand firm, stand, you know, uh, do all you can, but stand. Uh, and, and, and it's got all this, this major theme. And so really, how do we stand firm for God when society puts pressure on us? When I think of the book of Daniel, I can't really, there are two kind of marquee um, stories in the book of Daniel. One of them is Daniel in the lion's den. That's one. And then the other one is, is, is the, the fiery furnace. And this is the one we're going to be studying um, this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. So you can got your devices, turn them on, open up your Bibles, old school. And here we go. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image. I really want you to notice how many times image is mentioned in this chapter. Not just image, but also sound and how many times sound is, is mentioned. Because image and sound is something that the enemy uses. Um, and, you, you know, when, when society's called to try to put its God inside of you, it's not going to, do, it's not going to be so blunt to say, you know, you know um, don't serve your God, serve this God instead. No, it's, it's a lot more subtle. And it uses images and sound. And it was using it in the time of Daniel, and it still uses it today. And you just think about how many people are stuck on their mobile phones. You walk, no matter where you go, you walk, you go on the bus and everybody's like this. You're sitting in the doctor's office, everybody's like this. You know, we went to China and, and, and we went into the train and everybody's like this. They even walk onto the train like this. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no room in there. How do you how do, you do that, you know? Uh, and, and, but we, we're, so, we're so just fixed on images and sound and, and it's not a new thing. And there's something the enemy has been using to, to indoctrinate and put its, put its God inside of us. So be careful what we see and what we listen to. Oh, you know what? I know this movie... I know this movie mocks God, but hey, it's just a movie, right? It's, it's, we're just having a bit of fun, having some popcorn. It's okay, right? Oh, I know this song, I know this song it really goes against God's value. It's talking about cheating on people. It's talking about using women. Uh, you know, I, I, but it's just a song, right? It's, just, it's got a nice tune. We're just having a bit of fun. You know, be careful what we listen to. It's not as innocent as you think. It's the enemy's way of trying to get uh, its beliefs and to indoctrinate you into something that is really is really ungodly. So be careful with what you hear and what you see. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. That's about 27 meters by 3 meters. And this is how big this gold statue was. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, all the top dogs to the dedication of the image. And here's that word again, image he had set up. So the satraps and all, prefects, the governors, all the top dogs, they assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. And this is what society will try to put pressure on and, and will make you think that you have to do something. You have to renounce something that you believe and because if you don't, you'll lose it all. You know, it'll, it'll put pressure on you. Like, oh, you, what, you, what do you mean you, you don't work Sundays? No, no, if you don't work Sundays, then we're going to cut your hours. You know, don't, let us not be afraid of, of what we stand for. Don't allow society to put pressure on you and what you believe. And as soon as you hear the sound, and there's that word, the sound is always attached to an image. 
When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image, not King Nebuchadnezzar, the image. Whoever does not fall down and worship and will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, and all the musical instruments, and all the musical image, they, uh, and they, they oh, where, where am I? Here we go. Uh, all the nations, the people of every language, fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And, and so here we have this worshiping this image, not Nebuchadnezzar, but the image. Let's come down to verse 12. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. This is how I used to remember it. So shake the bed, make the bed, and the bed you go. Shadrach, anyway, now that you heard, you, can't, you cannot unhear it. Okay. Who pay no attention to you, you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. See, these guys, they're like, we're not bowing down to this image. And let's be clear. Everybody in this room, you bow down to something. You bow down to something. It's very important that, that you're bowing down to the right thing. Be very careful where you spend all your time, where you spend all your money, where you spend all your, uh, that, the, what, what takes all your attention, what takes your affection. Be very careful because what you worship is very important. I, I know it's a while well, worship God, but very, what, what, I know people who worship their cars. I know people who, who worship um, their, their, uh, their career, they their worship uh, who they are, worship guitars. Uh, I know, uh, be careful what you, there's nothing wrong with enjoying having a hobby, but just don't worship it. Just don't bow down to it. Be very care, careful what controls you. Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. And, I, and, and here's Nebuchadnezzar. And, and he reacted the way the world does. He reacted with, with, with he, was, he was furious, he was mad. We live in a toxic society where, where, where I don't even disagree with you. I hate you if you don't believe in what I believe in. If you don't believe in what I believe, well, I hate you for it. And we live in such a toxic society. Verse 30, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is it true that, 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 that you won't worship or serve my God, or worship the image of God, I have, gold I have set up? And then verse 15, I love how the TLB translation says it. I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one. When the music plays, if you fall down and worship the statue, all will be well. But if you refuse, if you refuse, look, we've got to be, look, society and culture will put pressure on you. We'll put pressure on you and say, well, do you really believe in that? Do you really believe in that? I'm really talking to all the young ladies in this room. When you feel the pressure of going out with that boy on, on Saturday nights or Friday, you don't really want to do it. You don't want to go out with them, but you feel the pressure that you have to. Or, or, or you guys, you're at your workplace and the boys are, are saying these inappropriate jokes. They're joking around, the boys, they are boys being boys. But something inside of you is saying, that's not right. That's not right. But you just don't know what to do. You kind of like, you feel that, uh, that, that you're going to be isolated or, or picked out. Why, why aren't you joining us? Why aren't you joining us? Why aren't you, why aren't you joining in with the image? Why aren't you worshiping this image that we're trying to portray here? And, and, we, and I just feel that as believers, we find ourselves in these dilemmas. Like, we, we just don't know what to do. We just feel that we're ill-equipped of, of, of how to stand. And, and, and like, I'm, I'm not a bad person. I love God, but I just don't know what to do. So how do we stand? How do we stand? You know, standing takes courage. Standing takes courage. Courage comes from the word core. 
Cool it comes from the French and Latin word, which means heart. Which you're talking about, like, you know, that's why I've got a strong core. No, <laughs> no, I need work on this core. Like, I, need to turn, I need to turn this family pack into something. But anyway, it means, it means, it means heart. It means it's something that comes in, that, that this, this comes in from the inside of you um, to stand. And, and then Daniel verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not worried about what will happen to us. See, I want to submit to you that, that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did have some, some fear. They knew that Nebuchadnezzar wasn't bluffing. But as they began to stand, courage began to uh, well up inside of them, and they began, to, they began to stand. See, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of my fear. That's what it is. Courage isn't the strong man that's not afraid of anything. Courage is that man who may have fears but won't bow down to it. I'm, I'm, you know, when we, were, we were, when we were overseas on, on mission trips, we felt the pressure, the fear overseas of standing for our faith. But, you know, we said, look, we're not going to bow down to this. We're not going to bow down to this fear. For greater is he that's in, in us is greater than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. Standing firm takes faith. Faith that you're not alone, that, that God is with you, that, that God will never leave you. Verse 17 if we are thrown into the, the flaming furnace, our God is able to deliver us, and He will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. But if He doesn't, please understand, sir. And I love this. There's courage. They have courage, and they're also still polite. You know, as believers, let's not be, let's not be rude. Let's not be mean. Oh, you can go to hell, because I'm right, you're wrong. Let's not be rude. Nebuchadnezzar, you can, you can, uh, I don't care. You go, they weren't rude. They had courage, but they were still polite. Let's Grace and truth. But if he doesn't, please understand, sir, that even then we will never under any circumstance serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have have erected. Courage takes faith because it's not founded on what we stand against. We're not standing against anything. See, they weren't standing against the image. They were standing for something. They were standing for God. Come on, this church, we we don't want to be known for what we stand against. We want to be known what we stand for. We stand for God. We stand for Jesus. This is who we stand for. Because let me tell you something that's more powerful to stand for something than against it. Come on. Um, that, 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 that I, I'm a, I stand that I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I love his word. His word is the truth. And I'm proud of the Bible. I'm not afraid of, I'm not, I'm not afraid of walking around with my, with my Bible because I'm proud of it. It is the word of God. Amen? Because if you don't, what are you standing for? What do you stand for? Because if, if you don't stand for something, then we'll fall for anything. If you're not standing for God, you're going to fall for anything. Verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and his face became dark with anger at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than usual. Man, Nebuchadnezzar was crazy. He was like, let's make it even hotter. And so he called some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the fire. So they bound them tight with ropes, threw them in the furnace fully clothed. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames leapt out and killed the soldiers as they threw them in. Man, who would want that job? Okay, who's the strongest man? Oh, actually not that strong. I, I, you know, my reps are down this week. <laughs> 
So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound into the roaring flames. But suddenly, as he was watching, I love this, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and he exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we just throw three brothers in that fire? Didn't we just throw three of them in there? And they said, yes, they said, we did indeed, your majesty. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, and they're not even hurt by the flames, and the fourth looks like, the fourth looks like Jesus. The fourth looks like the Son of God. Come on, this is, in theology, we call this a theophany. It's when, when sometimes God will manifest himself in earthly form. And you've got to understand, Jesus just wasn't born and then lived for 33 years. He always was. He's part of the Trinity. The Bible tells us that through Jesus, all things were created. He always was. And from time to time, he, when he's sitting next to the Father, he goes, hey, hey Dad, I'm just going to pop down to earth. I just want to freak old Nebuchadnezzar out for, for a moment. I'll be right back. And so, so here we go, verse 26. The Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the open door of the flaming furnace and yelled, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. I've got a new religion. I, I'm, I'm saved now. Man, your God is awesome. Man, I, I'm associating myself with you. I'm with you guys. Come out. Come here. So they stepped out of the fire. Then the princes, governors, the captains and the councils crowded around them because I think, oh my gosh, they're here. They, they, and they said, and they, and they saw that the fire hadn't touched them. So you can stand right in the middle of society for your faith. When society puts pressure on you, we, sh- we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be scared. We can stand firm. We don't have to hide from it to be an undercover Christian, undercover brother, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to stand firm for my faith. And, you, and, and it goes on saying, you can be right in the middle of it and not a hair on the heads were singed, their coats were unscorched, and they didn't even smell like an ungodly society. You can, you can stand right in the middle of it, and society can't even get its smell on you. Come on, when you stand firm for God, when you, when you acknowledge who He is, you know, when, 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 you allow, when you stand firm, courage and faith will begin to, to, to well up inside of you. Because standing firm inspires others. It really does. And, and every dad's in this place. When you stand firm for God, your family will thank you for it. Would you stand firm for God in your business? Your business will thank you for it. You know, uh, when I grew up, I went to uh, one of the top schools in Auckland, Monjia High. <laughs> Monjia High. Uh, in English, it's Mangere College. And, um, and so, but at, at, my, at our high school at Mangere College, we had this guy, and he stood firm. He stood firm for his faith. He knew what he believed, and we used to mock him. We used to mock because he didn't do what we did. He never got, up, got into mischief like we did. But he would stand firm, we would mock him and tease him. But you know what? It didn't stick. It didn't bother him. And he was always nice and he was always polite because he knew who he was. He knew his identity was fixed on Jesus Christ. And he stood firm. And, 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 and you know, we, we, we respected him. We respected him. And you know what? I, he inspired me. Because I, I would look at him and I'd say, man, you, you know, you, could, you can do something that I want to do. Uh, you, know, you, know, you, you don't get joined up in those parties and get, and get, and get wasted in the weekend. And, and, but I, but I'm, I'm serving this image. I'm serving this image. And I want to do what you're doing. But, this, but I've got this image that I'm serving right now. And, 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 but, but, uh, but if you can do it, I can do it. I can too. Let me tell you something. There's somebody in your workplace who's looking at you and you're inspiring them. You're inspiring them. Don't, look, don't, don't, don't get disheartened. Don't, don't, don't feel, there's somebody like me in your workplace. 
who's looking to you. And, and, and you know what? And, and don't, don't you ever compromise your standard. Because if you compromise your standard, you, they'll, they'll be disappointed. And they'll be like, oh man, I thought you were my hope. I, I thought you could do, but you just compromise. Oh, you're just like us. And I really thought there was a way out. But if you can't do it, what can I, how, can, how can I get out of this? If you're compromising your standards, how can I get out of this? You know, so stand firm. Your faith by standing will inspire people. Amen? Amen. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. I'm a Christian now. I I am. I'm a Christian now. They trusted him and they defied the king's command. And, and we're willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other God except their own God. Therefore, this is funny. I, I love this. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. You know, he was saved, but he wasn't yet sanctified. You know, he loved Jesus, but he was still a work in progress. He was still rough around the edges. I love that because yeah, I remember when I first came to faith, I was still rough around the edges. And I'll tell, let me tell you that I was really rough and, and I was zealous for God and, and saying all the wrong things. I really was. If there's hope for me, there's hope for you. Come on. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, yeah, I just said that. That's right. Where, where am I? Where am I? Okay. And the houses will be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Then king, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the province of Babylon. They thought they were going to be demoted for standing, but they were promoted. Come on. When you stand for God, God's favor comes on your life. He really does. So you have a choice in society. You can be a voice or you can be an echo. You can be a voice in your workplace or you can be an echo. You can be a voice in your family or you can be just an echo. You can be a voice in your places of education or you can be an echo. Don't just resound what everybody else is saying. Be who God has called you to be. You're born an original. Don't die a copy. Don't die a copy. You're born an original. There's so many things that we can stand for for God. So many things. But if we can stand for one thing, it's this stand for God. Stand for God. You know why? Because he stood for you. He stood for you. He put his life on the line for you. He put his reputation on the line for you. In fact, the Bible says that he made himself of no reputation for you. The Bible says that, that, that as for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the, he endured the, the punishment, the torture of the cross because of the joy. You know what that joy was? It was you. Because I don't want to be tortured. But then he saw you and goes, no, that's right. It's for you. You're my joy. I'll lay my life down for you because you're my joy. He stood for you. Take a stand. Take a stand for God. Because he took a stand for you. You know, the Bible says this. Jesus says, says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not on. I haven't got this, the NIV version. I'm not going to put that up. And he says this, look, if you, if you acknowledge me before man, for, if, for everybody, then I will acknowledge you before my Father. Yeah. And this is exactly what those did on baptism. They, they, they did that. They acknowledged. And, before, and, and Jesus is sitting next to the Father, and he's acknowledging them. He's, he's saying, look, he's talking about you. But he goes on to say, but if you disown me, then, 
then you really not, then I will disown you, that you really weren't serious about me after all. But I love what the Message Bible says about this. It says, stand up for me. Stand up for me against the world opinion, and I will stand up for you before my Father in heaven. Did you know that, that Jesus isn't standing right now? Right now, he's not standing. You know what he's doing? He's sitting. He's sitting. In fact, New Testament, it, it tells you that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Hebrews tells us that, that Jesus is sitting next to his, the Father on the right hand, interceding on behalf. Say, hey, look, this, look, this is Adahina. She just, she just got baptized. And there's Mac and there's Lorraine, and they just got baptized. And man, come on. This is exciting. They mean business for you, God. And, and they're acknowledging, and they're like, I'm acknowledging them. And just to show you one scripture, Colossians 3.1, since then that you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. See, right through the New Testament, Jesus is sitting. But, but he does stand on one occasion in the New Testament. And we find that in the book of Acts. And, and it's because of this guy named Stephen. Stephen couldn't stop preaching about Jesus. And because he couldn't stop preaching about Jesus, he became the very first Christian martyr. He was killed for Jesus, the first of millions to come. And people still dying for their faith today. And as they were stoning Stephen, and how they used to do it, they used to tie them to a pole and they get big stones and they begin to throw it at him. And so much so, and, and they, they wouldn't stop throwing these stones until his, it covered his whole head. Literally, it was a slow, painful death. And as they were stoning him, he began to pray. And this was his prayer. Acts 7.55, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing. He's not sitting. He's standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. See, Jesus does stand on occasion. Do you know when that is? It's when you stand. When you stand, He stands with you. When you're standing there in your workplace and you're being ridiculed, Jesus is standing with you. He stands. When the pressure of your friends come upon you, He stands with you. When I stand, Jesus stands with me. To forget anything else I say this morning, I want you to remember that. When I stand, Jesus stands with me.